sunshine, swimming pools, green grass, and great conversation. It's summertime, and this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. But you got to have friends. The feelings are so strong. You got to have friends to make that day last long. I had some friends, but they're gone. Something came and took them away, and from the dusk till the dawn. Here is where I'll stay. Good morning, good friend. Welcome to the show. Uh, we're back in business after a little week away. Semi, what would you call it, Rick Healy, a semi-retirement? Short, uh, it was a semi-retirement. It was, was kind of like a semi-retirement. It was. A, uh, Bob, I'm closer to retirement than you are, but did you feel like, you know, a little retired, like it was like what retirement would be like? Did I you liked it, Howard. I, I liked waking up and, you know, saying, well, what do I want to do? You know? <laughs> and I woke up every morning and I knew what I wanted to do. Have breakfast. Eat. So it was exactly right. So we're back in business today. Got a busy morning this morning. 66 degrees right now. Wheeling, Ohio County Airport. 63 at the Highlands. 65 poolside in Elm Grove at my uh, my pool deck. And uh, what do we have here? We have uh, 62. Still 62 degrees at the Robinson Auto Group Studios downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Mostly clear skies today. High will be 85. Might see some afternoon pop-up showers. And that's pretty much the story. All week long, uh, 85 today, 88 tomorrow, 90 on Wednesday, 92 on Thursday. You get the idea. The Italian Festival weekend is going to be a pretty hot weekend, 92 on uh, 95 on Friday, Bob. So it's going to be a hot weekend. Do you remember that? I don't think it'll be like this. Do you remember that one Italian Festival weekend we were down at the festival, though? You couldn't you couldn't stay outside. What I remember, and again, people are going to say, what? Why are you? Club Diamond was one of my all-time favorite <laughs> bars in Wheeling. It's not there anymore. We'll be broadcasting live from there, but it'll be the beer garden. But uh, poor Albert Zavolta, uh, long gone, but he was one of my all-time favorite bar owners uh, in Wheeling. And the Club Diamond was two things. It was dark, dark and cold. <laughs> Albert Zavolta kept it dark and cold, which really went great with the Italian Festival. And that place would be packed during that weekend. You couldn't get in there. You had to wait for somebody to come out to go in. And Howard, remember the feeling when you would take that first step outside, the sun and the heat would it hit would you. Just, it would just almost knock you down. Suffocate you. There was one year uh, that it was so hot. How hot was it? It was so oh, hot. Oh, it wasn't hot. They had misters out, put out, you know, try and create a little bit of mist. And, and uh, I mean, you could you felt like you were walking through a, almost something physical. It was so The heat was so bad. You and I, smart people. Yes. We quickly found another bar. Got to get out of this. Yeah, I don't know if you notice there's a theme to this when Bob and I go to the <laughs> Dark bar. We quickly found another bar, and we ensconced ourselves on the school, uh, the stools at the bar, and we were like this much ahead of the crowd. We had stools, and like two minutes later, everybody came rushing in. We could have sold those seats for 50 bucks each, Bob, you know, if people wanted them. Those were the days, weren't they, Howard? They were. We are going to be broadcasting, not we, but the Pine Room Boys are going to be kicking things off on Friday from noon to 3 at the Italian Festival. And then um, 3 o'clock? This is the lineup. Uh, from 3 to 4 will be uh, the Paul Harris Sports Huddle, Saturday Sports Huddle usually. But uh, this Friday, Dr. Angelo Georges will be there. I don't know exactly uh, who from his crew will be there with him. But that'll be 3 to 4. And then from 4 to 5, yours truly and my partner, 
Brian Bearsford. It's good old boys, Baron Bob. will be there with our special guest. Are you ready for this, Mr. Healy? Uh-oh. Donnie Gilbert. Oh. <laughs> and Rick throws his hands up. Oh. Yes, Donnie Gilbert will be our special guest. Oh, boy. Hope we don't have to turn his mic off, but that is always a possibility. So we will Finger be there, the stop button. by, yes, and, and say hello. Let me just ask this question. <clears throat> so you're, Why? You're, yeah. there, you're there at four? From four to five, yes. Uh, Baron myself. Now, I've been with you at the Italian Festival. Uh-huh. Heavy, Howard. Heavy. We normally started at noon. (laughs) We usually were the first people to buy wristbands, if Uh you understand what I'm saying. Four o'clock. So you've had four hours to get yourself ready for the show. Yes. And Donnie's had four hours to get ready for the show. All righty. Everybody tune in. It could be a ton of fun. (laughs) Noon to five, the Italian festival. And we should mention on Thursday... The Greek Fest. And uh, that will be December. Donnie. That's Donnie's gig. He'll be there from 12 to 3. That's Thursday at the Grecian uh, uh, Festival. Grecian Formula Festival. Sometimes Donnie will refer to it as that. But he'll be there uh, from Thursday uh, from 12 to 3. And it looks like good weather, Howard. So uh, stop by and say hi to Don. Yep, and absolutely. Dr. Georges will be there with him also at, at noon. At On the Greek Fest? He will. He will. He's, oh, what cool. a team player the doc is. Yes, he'll All be right. there with Donnie. Well, he also likes the Greek food. <laughs> uh, listen, I, we're no dummies. We know why he's there. Uh, which is okay. Eight eleven here on the Watchdog Morning Show. I have been saying for a long time. I think Moundsville is really uh, rebound is a bad word because that implies it was down and is coming back. But Moundsville has really been making strides lately. Rick Healy is the city manager. He's here with us. Sarah Wood Shaw is the uh, mayor of Moundsville. I thought it'd be fun to put them together here in the studio and talk about some of the things happening. Um, first of all, welcome, folks. Appreciate you Thank being you. here. Thank, Thank you, you, Howard. What's happening? I mean, there is a sense of movement, a sense of excitement, Sarah. You, I'm sure you see that, feel that, right? I do. I've been on city council since 2018, and I believe, Rick, that's when you came on board as well in 2018. We have a really great council and administration right now. We are all positive and excited about the improvements that are happening in Moundsville. And I think when you share positivity, the citizens see things moving forward. We just have a really good rhythm right now with what's happening in the city and a lot of positive momentum. So it's a, an exciting time for Moundsville. That's a great phrase to use, rhythm. You have a, you have a rhythm going. I like that. I'll take that. Yeah, we've got a rhythm going. Yeah. And, and just to build on what Sarah said, I think, you know, there's a few things that that are obvious. Uh, obviously, you need good financial situation to be able to, to do the things you want to do. Um, we're, in, we're in a very good financial situation right now. Um, the 1% sales tax that we implemented a number of years ago is, is a game changer, as it has been for many cities in West Virginia under home rule. And you need a vision. Uh, you need somebody to guide that vision. And you need a good working relationship with your city manager, with city council, and with your employees. And I think we have all of those things happening right now, Howard. You know, it's interesting. Uh, we had Bob Heron, city manager of Wheeling, in here last week. or well, Not last week. We weren't here last <laughs> week. Two weeks ago. And I asked him, you know, all the years he's been there, you know, what are the high points? And I, I kind of expected this. He said, you know, it's not the things that we built, which he talked about. It's not the plans that we've made. It's that we've been able to, to manage our finances well. Now, that's not something that the general public cares about. I mean, we don't, oh, boy, they look at the budget. That's great. That's not what the public cares about. But that's the basis for doing everything moving forward. Oh, absolutely, it is. And, and when it's, it's very simple. If you look at the 1% sales tax, what it's done, it allows your general it, fund. I'm going to interrupt. Is it earmarked for something special or to go into the general fund? It, no, it is earmarked for something special. Mm-hmm. Uh, council has allocated those 1% funds to be separated in different groups. Okay. And um, they assess those yearly uh, or as needed. 
and move them around if needed. But we've got the things, we have things like paving, demolition, arts and culture, recycling. Um, public safety. Public safety, public works. All of those departments get, or all of those segments get a portion of that 1%. So the, the general fund can pay our bills. It takes care of our salaries and it takes care of our normal bills and it allows that 1% then to be saved, if you will, for those extra things. So we've been able to replace our playgrounds and upgrade our pool and do a lot of extra things that we haven't been able to do. It allowed the, the Arts and Culture Commission to be funded and, and provide the, the activities that it's doing. So th that's a huge, huge asset to Moundsville and any community, again, that has that 1% is that ability to use that money to do extra and special things. Sarah, it's fun. I know you were on the Arts and Culture Commission. You've done a lot of work with that. Those, yes. those are the fun things. And as council, it's fun to talk about some of the activities that go on and, and so on. Uh, and council probably is not directly involved, but it's important that you have someone like Rick in the administration that keeps a good close eye on the budget and the finances. Absolutely. And to go off what Rick was saying, with that 1% sales tax, Council's thought process was that with that is we wanted to save it for those extra things that we weren't able to do previously within the budget. So we were able to do more paving than we have been. We really put a focus on taking care of dilapidated properties and properties that have become so unhabitable in our eyesores. We've been able to take care of those um, through our demolition and the 1%. So as Rick said, it really has been a game changer for our city. Those extra special programs that we put on through the Arts and Culture Commission those may not have been possible without that 1% sales tax, or we wouldn't have been able to do them to the extent that we are, which we see those as being economic drivers, bringing people into our community, those events that we put on. So those have all been possible through that home rule and 1% sales tax. I've been impressed as I have followed uh, some of the events, like Jefferson Fridays. Yes. I think the last one, I, it looked like the streets were packed. It was. We well, That was our best one yet. We estimated Tough to, to know exactly, but we estimated 1,200 to 1,400 people. Over 1,000, yeah. Yeah, between 2nd and 5th, or uh, excuse me, 2nd and 3rd Street in Moundsville on Jefferson. You know Jefferson well. Bob knows Jefferson well. Yeah. Um, m moving into one of the parking lots there. Uh, just just an amazing number of people there, and everybody having a good time. What, what did you, what do you do on Jefferson Fridays? You have some entertainment, uh, some we groups do. playing and we, so on? We call it a community block party. So the, cool. many of the businesses stay open late on Jefferson Fridays. We have um, a beer garden. We have multiple food trucks. We have an opening act, and then we have a main act. So it's just a time for uh, families to be able to come together, neighbors to meet one another on Jefferson Avenue and have a good time. We actually heard from one of the businesses this year. They say, we wish you could have these every Friday because I do my best sales <laughs> when you have Jefferson Fridays. E&K Sports Cards um, shared that. So we love that people are patronizing the businesses when we're having that event also. The Jefferson Fridays have, I'm sure, been a big asset and help to the businesses. But I've always been impressed, and she's going back a decade or more, Jefferson Avenue has managed to keep local businesses going. Now, they've had rough times. Sure. There have been some have come, some have gone, some are there but are struggling. But somehow that downtown, if you will, has, has managed to, to, to work with, as local businesses, and I've always been impressed with that. Yeah, we, we, you know, we, again, we have some open storefronts that we would love to have filled, but yeah. uh, we have some real mainstays on Jefferson, and that that's helps bring people in. Um, certain businesses that have been there a long time and remain there, that, that's, that's what drives the traffic to Jefferson. And I think the other thing is 
we're limited on Jefferson between really second to fifth. Right. And, and so we're not stretching out, you know, four, five, six blocks. We have, we have three really good blocks of businesses between second and fifth. And those businesses have done a really good job of, of remaining open. I, I don't know if you did this on Jefferson Fridays or do this on Jefferson Fridays, but you have had food truck festivals there, too. So you had food trucks come down, right? We do. We, there, there were food trucks at Jefferson Friday. I think this last time we had four. Yes. Um, but, yeah, every once in a while. Now, we've done some different things. I think two years ago we had uh, Wander Out Wednesdays in cooperation Wander with the Wander Out chamber. Wednesdays? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What the heck is Wander Out Wednesday? Well, we, we put a food truck on Jefferson or, or two, and we had some music, and it was, hey, wander out Just of your wander business, around. wander out of your house, come down to Jefferson, get something to eat. And, it was uh, in partnership with the Chamber of Commerce, yeah. so Howard, just another effort to get people to Jefferson Avenue at lunchtime. It's been a while for you, Howard, but when I'm down on Jefferson Avenue, I find myself always wandering into E-Lights and having a beer with Brad. <laughs> that's, where, that's where I wander. Well, a, another mainstay. So you were wandering in. They have wander out yes, Wednesdays. Yes. You have wander in I'm Wednesdays. going to E-Lights. I got you. I got you. Um, you, you have a nice... Well, I shouldn't say mix. I, I I don't know if I'm right about this, but you have some mainstay businesses that have been around for a long time that have that have managed to stick around and stay stay through it. Sure, absolutely. And well, Ruttenberg's probably is is That's the what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. It, Ruttenberg's has been there a long time, and uh, Ruttenberg's is right on the edge of Jefferson Friday. They're right in the middle of it, so it's it's pretty neat to look in their store at 10 o'clock on a Friday on a Jefferson Friday night and see people still in there. Um, they likewise would love us to do this every Friday night, but but obviously realize the work that it entails and and can't be done every Friday. But it's exciting when we do it. Well, I would also suggest to those who want sometimes if you do things too much, yep. you know, it's if, not it's, as if, it's, if it's once a month, is it once a month? Or we did two two this two past summer. summer. We're hoping to do it, it, it right, next year. When it's an occasional event, it brings people out. If you do it too often, it, it, right. it loses the. Luster. The excitement and luster. It's 8.20 in the morning here on the Watchdog Morning Show. We're talking to Moundsville City Manager and Mayor this morning here. If you have questions for him, you can call us, 304-232-8255, the Frio Stack Auction Service uh, Hotline, or you can text me, and I'll share them with them, at 304-214-1600, 304-214-1600, the Frio Stack Auction Service a text line is available. Bob, speaking of Frio Stack, they do have an auction that's wrapping up today. It is another one of these um, the Bridgeport Antique Store. It is. And you say, man, well, we told you from the very beginning this summer that it was going to be a while, and I'm pretty sure this will be the last one. So uh, go to Frio and Stack uh, and, and check it out. Uh, I'm, I'm all positive this will be the last one. I think this is like the eighth one out of that antique store, Howard. I told you it, it was packed yeah, to the rafters with really good stuff. Well, you got some stuff. I do. I'm, I'm trying to go get some more stuff. So, yeah, that's uh, the uh, go, go to um, FrioStackAuction.com, I think it is. And, uh, or auctionzip.com. You can go there and uh, look up uh, what's happening today. You can place your bids online if you would like to. Today is the wind-down day for this auction. It's been up and around for a while. Today's the wind-down day. And it has. And from the very beginning, uh, Shane Stack uh, told us that uh, the last one will be just as good as the first one, and he was right on the money. This is uh, just one of those incredible auctions that comes around once in a lifetime that just was filled with really good collectibles, antiques, all that good stuff you're looking for. 821, that's uh, Frio Stack. Uh, they've got it going on today. Uh, check out check their it website out. and get, look up uh, what the things they have uh, in the uh, on the lots available. Um, 821 here on the Watchdog Morning Show. I am a huge believer that a critical part of a developing city is public transportation. 
see in the morning intel today you guys are considering a bus levy. I'd like to talk about that when we come back. Perfect. 821 on the Watchdog Morning Show. Virginia. This is Congressman Alex Mooney. Americans are being sold a dangerous lie about our southern border. The Biden administration says our border is secure, while the president of Mexico claims his country does not produce dangerous drugs like fentanyl. And yet tens of thousands of pounds of deadly drugs flow over our border every year, resulting in over 70,000 deaths in 2021. That's why I introduced House Resolution 3190. My plan suspends economic development aid to Mexico until they crack down on the production and trafficking of deadly fentanyl. I'm Congressman Alex Mooney. If you have concerns about the crisis on our southern border, I want to hear them. Call my local office at 304-264-8810 or visit my website at mooney.house.gov. Paid for with official funds from the office of Alex Mooney. Don't just listen, be part of all of our shows. Use the Frio Stack Auction Service hotline. Call or text us at 304-214-1600. The Frio Stack Auction Service hotline. Your direct connection to the watchdog. You want a hospital rising up to the challenges of today's healthcare demands. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital delivers the right care right here at home. Developing new and exclusive services, recruiting top surgeons, we embody the mountaineer spirit, building upon strong traditions, pioneering medical care, moving forward with compassion. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital, delivering the right care, right place, right time. The coffee is brewed, phone lines are open, and the morning team is ready to roll. From the Robinson Auto Group Studios, this is the Watchdog Morning Show. With Howard Monroe. Oh, the good life full of fun seems to be the ideal. Mm, the good life lets you hide all the sadness you feel he had a pretty good life bob i mean uh almost 97 no, almost 97 now he had uh, alzheimer's you disease here in the last couple of years and uh, a couple of times he was uh, in some recorded performances was a little bit shaky but uh, what a long life he lived and again one of the very few people i can think of who spanned the generations came up as a crooner in this what i would call the sinatra era you know a big band type crooner mm-hmm. And then uh, resurrected himself, or, or re- I keep saying reinvented, but he really didn't change his style. It's just a whole new group of people found his style and found him and enjoyed him. Lady Gaga teamed up with him on many occasions. They did a TV uh, special, which actually was rerun this past weekend, and I meant to watch it, and I didn't. But uh, um, who would, 
because she's a Moundsville or Marshall County mm-hmm. yep. person too. Um, who would have thought? Tony Bennett. I left my heart. And Lady Gaga with her meat dress. <laughs> who would have thought those two would would get together, Bob? Yeah, just incredible. And I, I, you know, I've listened to some of his interviews. It, it, he. He said it was MTV. He said I, he didn't know if, if it would have worked without M- MTV, but they really grasped him and said, look, we're going to put you out there. And, it, and people were rolling their eyes thinking this isn't going to work, but it, it really did because it, he was so great. It's 826 on the Watchdog Morning Show. We're looking at uh, 66 degrees at the Wheeling, Ohio County Airport, 65 at the Highlands, 65, 63 at the Highlands, pardon me, 65 poolside. At my pool deck, well, my son's pool deck in Elm Grove, and 62 degrees here at the Robinson Otter Group Studios downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Moundsville City Manager Rick Healy is here. Good morning. Good morning, Howard. And Moundsville's Mayor Sarah Woodshaw is here. Good morning. Good morning. I see in the morning intel today, and I think this is a really exciting thing because I am a huge believer in the importance of public transportation to making a community work. And I see that you are now, right now, there's a trial run of buses going to Moundsville as part of the Overta operation. And you're thinking about perhaps putting levy on the ballot. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah, council. And I actually probably let the mayor discuss this. She's been really heavily involved with the public transportation aspect. So, mayor, if you'd like to handle this one, that'd be great. Well, the exciting news is Oberta has actually decided to make that a permanent line. So the route that's going from Wheeling to Reynolds and the DMV, they had enough ridership that they felt that they could sustain that. And we're talking to um, the director of Oberta. She came and spoke with us at our last meeting about what a levy would look like and and, um, what the routes would look like in Moundsville. So they proposed about 15 different stops, and she said those could be changed if we were to move forward with putting this on the ballot for our citizens. I do agree with you as well that public transportation is – it's the biggest barrier in West Virginia. It um, is. It's the biggest barrier in our community in Moundsville. Previously, I worked for an organization where I worked with individuals that had barriers to getting back into the workforce, whether they were formerly incarcerated or um, just had anything that was holding them back from moving forward. 90% of the individuals that I worked with, transportation was a barrier. So they had to choose between um, walking to work um, or unfortunately maybe having to you know drive and put themselves back in that same situation and being able to have access to a bus route and to transportation it's life-changing for a lot of folks and I think if you um, don't do that work daily that's not something you you might see so we're going to have a public hearing for individuals to come and to talk to city council about public transportation what their feelings are if we were to put vote to put that on the lab. We, we want to hear from the community about how they feel about that before we move forward. So we're in the information gathering phase right now, but uh, it is really exciting. I think it's important to note also, Howard, that City Council wants to hear from everybody. Um, we The reason we talked about a public meeting was we want to hear from both sides. Mm-hmm. I think it's important that we hear from the community. So uh, we, we are looking at possibly a larger venue for this public meeting. Uh, our, our council chambers is downsized right now because of our construction on site and we're about half capacity for uh for guests so we're looking at possibly moving to a different location for this meeting and we want to make sure that we hear from everybody so those for the the public transportation and the levy and those against we want to hear from both sides we'd like to hear from businesses as well whether they feel like this would be bring more folks um into their community or if they have a concern about it we want to hear from everyone you will probably hear uh, a lot of anti-tax type people you'll hear people who say you know we can't be taxed anymore and i understand that that'll be a lot of it 
But Overtis had their own uh, public, they call public hearings, town hall meetings, whatever, up here uh, in the past year or so. And they have been tremendously well attended, and most everybody who shows up has been speaking about how important it is to have public transportation, a regular bus route um, that you can count on uh, getting you where you need to go. I think that's part of the – I think that's a critical part of, of our transportation system around here right now. And by the way, I do not know her. The new director of Averta seems to be open to a lot of new ideas and things are, are changing a little bit, and I think that's great. Because I think to some extent uh, we have had – we kind of have lived in the past with our bus routes, you know, here in Wheeling yeah. at least. They've gone around in a big circle from the days that downtown Wheeling out to Elm Grove was the main route, but that isn't really where people want to go. And I think that's what some of these public hearings have done here in Wheeling is that the citizens have said, no, here's where we need to go. I'm sure that's what you'll hear probably at the public hearing as well. Yeah, and I think that the routes that they suggested, the stops they suggested, I should say, it, we, we would obviously want some changes on those. Just looking at that, they have stops in areas that we don't believe are necessarily the proper locations. But, again, Overt is open to changing those, of course. Well, the two routes they have right now are, are make a lot of sense. Uh, people need to get, I, since the DMV particularly, yeah. there are a lot of things you have to do at the uh, office. Yes. I mean, you can still do a lot of things online, which reminds me, i got to make a note, i got to renew my driver's license <laughs> before the end of the week. Um, you can still do that online. But some things you have to go there for. And if you're up here um, yep. in the Wheeling area, how do you get there? Um, I will say this, in fairness, uh, the taxi cab service here in Wheeling has improved a lot in the last year or two, so that's been helpful. But that makes perfect sense. Take it to the DMV. The other is, I think, Reynolds Hospital. Yes. Right? WVU yeah. Medicine Reynolds. Mm -hmm. And again, there's, uh, as, a, as a part of the WVU Medicine system, a lot of folks are uh, having to go there for certain tasks or certain tasks. So that makes sense as well. Wait, Where Re else Reynolds would, is growing rapidly. Absolutely. So. Where else would you like to see it go? Again, and we're just speculating here. This is nothing written in stone. Where would you like to see it go? Well, obviously, we, we would want a stop on Jefferson Avenue. I think I that's important that we would, would hit our, our local businesses. Um, and when you expand out from the local businesses, uh, obviously, the your mind comes to Walmart. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. That would bring people from the, you know, Benwood, McMeckin area coming down to our Walmart if they if they needed to, and then possibly into town. Um, over and above that, I'm not sure we've had a whole lot of, of discussion on that, possibly Kroger, uh, at, at, although that's close to the DMV. So, yeah, we would have to look at the, the map really hard and look at what we want, where we would like them to stop. But it, we need it to benefit not only the businesses but the riders. So we'd have to really look hard at those spots. You probably at some point, you, well, the public meeting will give you a chance to do this. You need to find out where do people want to go. Uh, absolutely. Um, and I'm not sure, but what you probably don't want to hear from people outside of Moundsville at this public hearing, uh, I mean, folks in Wheeling who say, I need to go to wherever it might be. Yeah, I, I think this would be a predominantly Moundsville public meeting, although obviously we're not going to check IDs at the door. But um, <laughs> the, the real key to this is, as you know, there is going to be a fee, uh, a, a levy, a tax, whatever you want to call it, um, that's going to affect every citizen right. that, that owns real property. So it's important that we make sure the people in Moundsville understand what we're doing. And Moundsville did try a bus levy several years ago. I believe it was 2015. It did not pass because you have to have over 60%. The levies are 60%, right? Yes, but yes. it had 57% the last time that it was tried. <laughs> so close. Yeah. Uh, 
an issue for another day. I get a little frustrated <laughs> with those 60% requirements. Yeah. Um, they're fighting that now in Ohio with the change to their constitution on, on uh, uh, constitutional amendments. But that's a, that's, that's a conversation for a different day. So you don't have a public hearing set, but you're going to have one set. Well, that's we correct. Are. We voted at the last city council meeting. Council voted to um, have a public meeting, and I'm working on a location at this point. And You're correct, did. Howard. The one that was in Wheeling, I, I went to that. It was very well attended. It was standing room only. Mm -hmm. And that is where a lot of these new routes came out of. They were listening to different organizations speak about the needs of their clients. They were listening to community members speak. And the Overta board made a lot of changes, including trying the trial route to um, Reynolds and the DMV, buying more bus tokens. They were trying a, uh, you could schedule to and from work rides. Mm -hmm. So they really listened to the community and implemented changes from there. And again, and I, you, I both have said you agree with me. I, to me, public transportation is so critical to to a city. You have to be able to uh, to get around. And there are too, we have too many folks who can't get around otherwise. Um, and I think that some who would prefer to get around with public transportation if if it was available to them. So that's, absolutely. That's and cool. I think there's also a a new group of people that are are utilizing public transportation, and that's a younger group I agree. of people uh, that that are looking at that as the best way to go. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. So should be good to hear what people have to say mm -hmm. whenever you get the public hearing scheduled. Looking forward to it. Hey, Bob. Yes, Howard. They're not too bad, these guys. <laughs> I'm thinking about keeping them for, here for a little bit. What do you think? Uh, let's do it. It's good uh, to have right, friends in the studio <laughs> with us, uh, All those in favor of, of keeping them around for the next half hour, say aye. 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 All right. It looks like it's four <laughs> to none. It's 835, 25 to the hour on the Watchdog Morning Show. How much could a cyber attack cost your business? The costs stemming from a cyber attack can vary tremendously, but are extremely significant. Recent studies have shown that the average cost of a data breach to small business can range from $120,000 to $1.2 million. In addition to financial loss, companies also suffer downtime, lost opportunities, and data recovery expenses that can all quickly add up. Could your organization survive a cyber incident? If you are unsure if you are doing enough to protect your data, reputation, and dollars from cyber criminals, contact the team at Omni Strategic Technologies today. Omni has the right tools and support to help keep your business protected. Call 304-242-7600 and schedule your free consultation today or visit omniperforms.com. Omni Strategic Technologies, the only cybersecurity and advisory firm that the watchdog trusts. Ready, set, go get your Toyota today. Check out Toyota's wide range of all-wheel and four-wheel drive vehicles, like a sporty Camry or a stylish Corolla, both with great MPGs. Or come in and test drive a new RAV4, Highlander, or Corolla Cross, each with plenty of cargo room so you can be ready for any adventure. Visit buyatoyota.com, the official website for deals. Hurry, offers end April 4th. Toyota, let's go places. The Highland Sports Complex is the Ohio Valley's most exciting place to play. A state-of-the-art facility offering fun for the whole family with a climbing wall, arcade, indoor turf, hardwood courts, classes and camps for kids and adults. Plus, you can take a break in the on-site cafe. Learn more online at hitthehighlands.com or better yet, stop in and visit the Highlands Sports Complex at the top of the hill off I-70. Coming up on Metro News Hotline. On Tuesday's edition of the show, we'll keep you updated on what's going on in Major League and Minor League Baseball. Dave Bryan will be here to talk about the Steelers. And Tom Brang joins me at 5 plus your calls, texts, tweets, and are out in our question of the day. 
Metro News Hotline with Dave Weekly. Weekday afternoons from 3 to 6 at WVMetroNews.com and on this Metro News station. He has his say. You can have yours. Text us or call us and join the conversation. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. I know I'd go from rags to riches If you would only say you care And though my pocket may be empty I'd be a millionaire. Tribute to Tony Bennett in our bumper music this morning as Tony Bennett passes away this weekend at the age of 96, leaving a legacy of unbelievable music behind. What did I say, Bob? 20 albums he did in his lifetime? Yes. 19 Grammys? Am I, did I, I'm doing that from memory now. 19 Grammys? But I believe you said came after the age Almost of 60. Almost all. I think all except one came after the age of 60. So, geez. Hey, you know what that means, Bob? We there's might hope. have a couple years there's left. There's hope for old guys like us. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's 8.38.22 to the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. 66, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport. Moved up to 67 at the Highlands. 69, Poolside, Num Grove. And uh, what do we have here? 65. 65 degrees at the Robinson Otter Group Studios, downtown Wheeling, in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Clear skies during most of the day today. That's pretty much the way it's going to be all week with maybe a little bit of spotty Pop-up showers in the afternoon, again, pretty much all week long. We should hit 85 today, 88 tomorrow, around 90 on Wednesday, into the 90s on Thursday, 95 by Friday. That's the Ohio Valley forecast from our friends over at Storm Tracker 7. In the studio with us this morning is uh, Moundsville's mayor, uh, Sarah Woodshaw. Good morning, Sarah, and good morning, morning, Mr. Manager, the city manager, uh, Rick Healy. I got the idea of putting the two of you together here on this show. I thought this would be kind of fun. Uh, You know, we haven't done that with other managers and mayors, but I saw something on Facebook. Here we go. I'm just going (laughs) to, I just, I saw something on Facebook. You guys had a a, a giant slide competition, is that correct? We did. It's a sore spot for Rick. I'm going to ask, well, I'm going to ask who won that, and uh, I'm guessing that it was not Rick, is what I think. uh, Your guess is correct. (laughs) Now, you only saw one round of it. We actually did two rounds, and I have to say I won both of them. (laughs) Of course she has to say that. We even switched slides in case one was faster than the the other. So so he he couldn't claim it was the the slide. It was not a good slide. She got a head start. (laughs) Oh, okay. Something happened, Howard. I should have won that race. So how did this come about? I mean, i got to be honest. Like, Bob, I'm trying to picture Glenn Elliott and Bob Harris <laughs> going down a giant slide. I can't picture that. I don't see that. No, I love them both, but I just don't see that. So how did this come about? Well, the, the hillside slides are something that we've been talking about for a couple of years. One of the things we've tried to do in, in the city overall, but especially in Parks and Rec, is to provide something that other people don't have. Uh, when we've looked at our playground equipment, we've tried to pick things that aren't things you see everywhere. Of course, we have our swings and slides like everybody does, but the whole side slides was kind of a, the, the brainchild of our Parks and Recreation Director, John White, who has been on me for the last two or three years about these things. We finally found ones that, that could be custom-made to the hillside right above the playground at East End. So we had those installed. And it was Sarah's idea. Uh, she came to me and said, we should race down those slides to kind of, you know, quote, unquote, inaugurate them. And, and just went, 
I want to hear from Sarah. How did he respond to that when you said that? He said, absolutely. Okay. That's a great right. idea. Yeah. <laughs> I did think it was a great idea until I lost. Yes. But, but, but I think that just shows the relationship that Sarah and I have uh, and the, the fun that we can have in the city. Um, we're, we're very serious when we need to be. We both do our jobs very well, I believe. Um, but we also have fun, and, and we can do those kind of things. So the race was a lot of fun that day. Well, let's talk about recreation. It is an area that you're spending a lot of time and money on in yes. the city. Uh, the Four Seasons Pool has mm -hmm. been renovated. I don't know if that's the right word to use, but yeah. uh, and it's uh, it's open now. I know a lot of people were, were wondering when it was going to be open, but that month or so, I lose track of time. But Yeah, it was closed in March to be drained and repainted and, and have some other work done, yeah. So I assume this is this is by design an effort put into recreation. We have made huge strides in our parks and recreation. We've been updating all of our parks, East End, um, new playground equipment. We have pickleball courts. We have the basketball courts. Of course, we have the fields, baseball fields there. We have the new splash pad, which has been a huge hit in the community. So the hillslides were just another addition to that. We've upgraded Parkview playgrounds. We're going to be upgrading the Riverfront Park with um, new playground equipment, which will be coming in, and um, that's just going to be phase one of Riverfront Park development. That's a great space that we have down there. I think very few communities have such a large, well, Wheeling does, but very few other communities have such a large riverfront space that they can utilize, so we're excited about what that will bring. I know you have, I don't know if you've done it this year, you've had uh, summer concerts down there. I don't know if they still are doing that or not. Yeah, that? the Chamber of Commerce mm -hmm. does their summer concert <coughs> series, and one of, one of those is held at Riverfront Park yeah um, so recreations again public transportation recreation are the kinds of things that create a positive quality of life and to me that's mm -hmm. what I mean again the, the thing that nobody wants to talk about is the important thing as you mentioned Rick was getting finances under control having a budget that makes sense having the money to do the things you need to do controlling it properly um, but the things that really excite people I think are what I would call quality of life issues and I think that's what attracts people to a community, too. And I say this all the time, but now the younger generation, they are looking for those quality of life indicators when they're choosing somewhere to move. They're looking at the parks and recreation. They're looking at schools. They're looking at what extracurricular activities are happening in the community when they're deciding um, to move to a location. So we do have a large focus on those and trying to make our community as appealing as possible for not only our citizens, but anyone new that might be watching the progress in Moundsville that might like to join us. Anything on the horizon? Well, we've got, uh, as Sarah said, Riverfront Park, uh, the and new playground some, equipment some kind of just came in. It actually is in now, good, Sarah. Good. Uh, came on la well, while you were on vacation, and so that'll be installed sometime over the next month. And again, that's our first phase to some changes down there. We intend on putting a small dog park down there. Um, the uh, Potentially, the shelter could be renovated with new restrooms, making them fully ADA compliant and enlarging our kitchen area a little bit at that shelter, which is rented Saturday and Sunday every weekend. Mm -hmm. uh, just continued work on the pool and the parks in, in general. Uh, the pool has gone from, uh, we now have brought our concession stand back. You know, everything takes time. And so at some point the pool went to put vending machines in uh, and now we're back to having a full concession stand that's open, you know, certain hours during the pool. Um, we, we have our family fun nights at the pool, which is on Wednesday evenings in the summer. It's a dollar admission. You get a bottle of water and a 
bag of chips to go with it, and it's it's a couple hours on a Wednesday night. There was 79 ad, uh, admissions last Wednesday night, uh, part of which were my myself, my wife, and our grandkids. <laughs> I was say, I thought I saw a picture of you and your grandkids. Yeah, out we there. were yeah. there. Yeah. So you become a customer of the uh, oh, absolutely. Of, of Moundsville's activities sure, as well as sure. a organizer. Yeah, of that. absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. You know, quality of life. I, I want to touch on that phrase. I use that phrase a lot. If I speak to a a group, I usually that phrase. And people say a lot, you're losing population. Well, yes, we are. What can you do about that? Well, I can't do anything specifically about losing population. Sarah can't do anything about losing population. But we can work to bring quality of life better to Moundsville. That keeps our people there, brings people in. And so that's what we're doing. I just had a meeting last week with a, an author who's written quite a few books, and he's was in the area kind of scoping out whether he wanted to do a, a, a book about this area. And we got into a conversation about that. Every year when population numbers come out, the newspaper does a big story about we've lost population and, and there's a lot of hand-wringing that goes on. And I, I get it, among other things, money is sometimes is attached to the number of the population. Sure. So, I mean, I, I understand all that. But I have long argued, which is what I think I just heard you say, Rick, I've long argued that, honestly, I don't care how many people are here as long as the people who are here are employed and are happy. Right. That to me, you know, if we go down to, I don't know what number, you know, I don't, I don't care what the size of the city is. If, if the people who are here are happy, have jobs, uh, have disposable income, can go to movies and, 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 and go to parks and enjoy themselves, mm -hmm. that's, that's what makes a city. It's not the number of people. It's how the people feel. And I, that's, I've argued that for a long time. I, I like that. I like that concept. And I feel the same way. I think, again, quality of life make that make the community good do what you can do to make the community good and that's what we're doing mm -hmm. and that is what makes people happy positivity breeds positivity i say that all the time we have so many partners that have come to us and said we'd like to work with you we see good things happening we want to work with you uh, arts and culture sarah can probably name 10 right off the top of her head of businesses groups that have come to them and said we want to be a part of this mm -hmm. we love what you're doing movie nights free to kids i'll get a little sappy howard but seeing a family sit on a blanket at east end and and have popcorn and watch a free movie on the hillside that that's wonderful that's, that's good stuff is. yeah, yeah. Uh, good stuff. you know i don't want to sound like a like a hick you know <laughs> but <laughs> that's I mean, just good stuff that to me is what is what family life um, is, is all about i would agree economic development is a complicated very uh, issue uh, but one of the things that I have often felt, and I am no by means an expert, so, but businesses, I mean, economic development comes from businesses designed to be part of your town. If you're going to grow, a new business needs to come to town or a current business needs to expand. But what they look for more and more, I think, these days are quality of life mm -hmm. things. If we put a new business in, our t in your town, well, the employees we bring to that new business, the employees, mm -hmm. Will they have things to do? Will their family be happy where they are? So I don't know that quality of life directly brings business, but I think quality of life makes it easier for someone to come to your town if they're thinking about it. I, I agree 100%. And just over the last year, uh, our, our business and occupation tax ha has grown, and partially because of the 
what we call the extraordinary business and occupation taxes, which is what we get from development. Uh, we have a new car wash under construction right now in the city of Moundsville, which is very exciting to, to the residents. They love that. Uh, we have an Aldi's uh, grocery store under construction I now. I saw in that. I didn't realize. I guess I did realize it, but I just yeah. drove past there the other day. And my wife says, "What? What is that?" I'm very think excited about that. Yeah, phenomenal yes. improvement. And, and when I talked to them, they said, "You know, we've looked at Moundsville for a number of years. We knew you were in our our cycle. We just wanted to get to the right point." So people see what's going on there. Um, publicly, uh, we have our city building under construction, and just down the block, the the courthouse has a major renovation going on as well as the demolition and then reconstruction of the health department. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I need I want to talk about that but I, I need to take a break. So let's do a break when we sure. come back. Let's talk about some of the construction work, the city work that's being done as you Absolutely. mentioned the health department, the city building. You kind of had a setback on that at one point, didn't you? We did. We had a, a we had a couple of problems. Uh, one was a a soil issue which we nobody would have known until we found it. Um, the second had to do with some concrete footers that tested bad, and we had to do some removal, but we're, that's all taken care of now, and we're moving forward. We'll talk more about those coming up next here on the Watchdog Morning Show. It's 8.50, 10 till the hour. We're talking to Moundsville's mayor and city manager this morning as our, what do you call it, Marshall County Monday, Moundsville Monday, whatever it is, is underway. <laughs> Why? Just think about it. Why is the number one selling brand of chainsaws not sold in Lowe's or the Home Depot? We can give you over 10,000 reasons. That's how many authorized local steel dealers you can find across the country. Visit one and you'll find a range of dependable gas and battery powered tools from trimmers to blowers. And you'll find service from experienced professionals. Real steel. Find yours at steelusa.com. Lowe's and Home Depot are trademarks of their respective companies. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard has led to a lot of firsts for me. It paid for me to be one of the first people in my family to go to college. That education got me to the first day at my dream job, which I could still hold while I served part-time. That job, along with the benefits I got through the West Virginia Army National Guard, helped me buy my first home. I also know that I'll be one of the first to respond if the Ohio Valley ever needs me during a natural disaster. I'm Sergeant Andrea Gump, and if you'd like to join my team, visit www.nationalguard.com WV for more information, or check out our Instagram or Facebook at WeGuard West Virginia. If you're gonna make a run and you plan on having fun, the one place you should know, Gumby's Grab and Go. and walk in because the guys from the Pine Room Podcast come right here to the Watchdog with a new, extended, and revamped show. Adding six more hours into the week, join the guys from the Pine Room Podcast every Tuesdays and Thursdays from 12 noon to 3 o'clock to talk local, national, and global sports, news, pop culture, and everything in between. The Pine Room Podcast, right here on the Watchdog. Spend your summer mornings with us. News, information, conversation, controversy, and fun. The Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. How do you keep the music playing? 
7 till the hour, Watchdog Morning Show on a Monday morning. Moundsville's city manager Rick Healy is here with us and Moundsville's mayor Sarah Woodshaw with us as we uh, talk about things that are happening in the mound town. We have been talking about, um, well, we're talking about their slide competition that <laughs> Rick did not win. Uh, <laughs> and uh, But we've talked about some of the uh, recreational activities, some of the, uh, the fun stuff that's going on, the Jefferson Fridays and so on. We've been talking about... Uh, new bus routes may be coming to the city. At least they're talking about that, working to see what people want in terms of maybe a bus levy. Uh, let's talk about some of the what I would call municipal projects. There are a couple of public buildings that are significantly significant size projects underway, including a new city building. Correct, yeah. Municipal slash public safety building that we're, we're under construction <clears throat> right now. Um, this is a uh, about a $10 million project, Howard that um, will allow us to bring our police department and our fire department uh, back under the same roof as our city hall. So we'll all be together, uh, which, which does a lot of things. It, it, it saves money, of course, but it, it also allows for better management. So we're real excited about that. We're, um, we're still under um, early construction. We have um, block walls that are going up right now, and, and uh, some of the beams and steel work has been up right now. But uh, we're probably looking at, um, you know, sometime in early to mid-2024 as a final date for that. Looking forward to that? Oh, you don't know how much I'm looking forward to that. Our, our staff is just maxed out with space. We're, the girls all work with boxes under their desk mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, in old cubicles. And this is really going to improve the, um, the working conditions, but it's also going to be nice for the citizens. One of the one of the key things in this new building that's going to be for the citizens is a drive-through pay window. Uh, and, and that was the very first thing we told the architect when we met with them. We want a drive-through pay window. And you may not believe it, but this whole building is built, designed, shaped, and situated over that drive-through window. So, <laughs> so we, that's how important we felt about it. it but that's what people want, isn't it? That's Absolutely. Yeah, convenience. Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. It's the largest project that the city has ever, ever. embarked on um, in, in the history of Moundsville, and it is much needed. There were parts of that building that were from the early 1900s, specifically where the fire department was. So again, having all services in one for citizens, our building department will be in there as well, the water department. So you can have everything in a one-stop shop for our citizens. What's, the, what's gonna happen to the current city building? Well, part of it was already demolished for the construction. That okay. was the fire department side. They've been relocated during the construction. And then once the new building is done, we will all move into it, and then they'll demolish our current building, and that will become parking. And it's not a city project, I don't think, but there is a big health department uh, uh, building project underway as well. There is. They're doing project. County project. Yeah, that's a county project. Marshall County is They're actually doing the abatement on the uh, health department right now. Uh, They purchased the old journal building um, last year, I believe. So they're going to be demolishing the journal building, the existing health department, and building a new Marshall County Health Department in that location. And that that goes right on the back of a a major renovation project at the courthouse as well. We have a lot of construction happening in Moundsville right now. New businesses, city and county projects. It's an exciting time. Well, that's why it's an exciting time, you know, to be be in Moundsville and to be part of the uh, the whole 
you know, the, the whole effort. Absolutely. The Marshall County Health Department uh, listens to us every morning, Bob, so I a shout out to all of them. I, Good morning. I hear from them from time to time. <laughs> and I heard from some of them last week, where have you been? What's going on? So uh, thanks to the Marshall County Health Department. Not a lot of time for a very big issue here, uh, Rick. I made a note. Early on, we talked about the key things. You mentioned finances. And the other phrase you used was vision. Mm -hmm. What's the vision? Is there a vision for Moundsville? Well, I think when, when I was hired, my vision was mainly to turn negativity into positivity. Okay. Let's become a positive community. There was so much negativity in Moundsville over the years. I think we sat, quote, unquote, dormant for a while uh, with nothing happening. Again, a lot of that has to do with finances, but um, somebody driving the boat that has a vision to make Moundsville better, working with a supportive council, that also has that same vision, and that's that's where we are right now. We've hit a just a real wonderful meshing point. I agree, and I think my vision for Moundsville is we want Moundsville to be a community where people feel safe, where people want to be engaged and participate, where we have um, good employment opportunities, and uh, we're just a positive community right now, like Rick said. Um, the relationship between the mayor and council, or the uh, the manager and council, you talked about early, and again, I have 60 seconds left, but that's really critical, um, and it probably is something that citizens need to think about when election time comes up, is how do council members mesh with the manager, because when you work together and you have mutual respect, and I'm sure the two of you probably don't always agree on everything, or the council doesn't always agree with the manager on everything, but you have to have that in order to make things work. Absolutely. I, I think council always agrees with me, Howard. That's just <laughs> but, but no, seriously. And if they don't, you'll change your opinion. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we do have a good group right now. We're, we're supporting each other. And we don't always agree, as we said off, off uh, radio, that Sarah and I have a really good relationship. We don't always agree. And mm -hmm. there's been times when we both have hung up the phone and probably went, grr, you know, but the next phone call, it's, hey, how are you? And we're, we're good to go. Absolutely. That, that's, that's important to be able to do. You can disagree and have differing opinions, but then be able to work together and, and laugh about it later. And Rick and I are very good about that. Appreciate <laughs> you both being here. Uh, we'll get you back again. I don't know, uh, but it pr probably is something we ought to do from time to time. Absolutely. We'd love to. Things going on in Mounds. But appreciate you being here today, though. Thank, Thank you, you for having us. Thanks for having us, Just Howard. Just about 9 o'clock here on the Watchdog Morning Show. We'll talk about UFOs coming up in the next hour, among other things. In your eyes I may not see forever. FM 97.7, AM 1370, WVLY, Moundsville. From ABC News. I'm Sherry Preston. Today is the deadline in a legal battle over a string of buoys wrapped in razor wire that have been placed along the Rio Grande. ABC's M. Wynn says it's just the latest fight over immigration at the Texas border. The DOJ in a letter to Governor Greg Abbott writing, the state of Texas's actions violate federal law, raise humanitarian concerns, and may interfere with the federal government's official duties. The department demanding Texas remove the barriers or face legal action. In a series of tweets, Abbott defended his border enforcement efforts, blaming President Biden and saying Texas is stepping up to address this crisis, adding, we will see you in court, Mr. President. As many as 40 million people are under heat alerts today. The relentless triple-digit temperatures continuing and spreading into parts of the Midwest and Great Plains. ABC's Victor Okendo is in Miami, where it's been at least 100 degrees for 43 consecutive days now. With rising temperatures comes soaring.